anyway, so Romans chapter 8 this morning. Romans chapter 8. This morning, I am going to attempt to answer, I think, one of the most difficult questions out there. Um, and, you know, this, I'm, I'm going to delve into some territory where, you know, there's a lot of times some contention and things and some arguments and, uh, you know, maybe some of the things I say a lot of times people that, depending on what position they are on this subject, uh, you know, they accuse people of believing a lot of things and teaching things they really don't believe and, I decided I'm going to try hard to make sure I don't do that about other people in this. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to name groups and and put words in their mouth because I sure would hate it if somebody did that to me on this message. But uh, the question that I was at, you know, I guess it usually kind of goes this way. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of ask you some questions, but you know, I get, and I get asked this sometimes. People will be like, you know, "Do you believe in eternal security?" Well, absolutely, I believe in eternal security. I do not believe a person can lose their salvation. And so then, you know, people, you know, there's, so there's nothing you can do that can make you lose your salvation. No, I do not believe that. And so then, you know, people will bring up, well, I knew somebody who got saved when they were young, but they ended up doing something horrible. And now they're even living a horrible life, or maybe they're dead. You know, after they did something, maybe they committed suicide. And do you believe that person is in heaven? And when you try to answer those questions, I said a lot of times your answer can get you in trouble with people depending on where they're at. You've got one crowd who believes in eternal security, and they'll say something like, Well, if you're really saved, you wouldn't be able to do those really horrible things. And then, you know, and, and if you, but if you do some of those things, because there's all kinds of examples in the Bible of people who did horrible things that were saved and they didn't lose their salvation. But at the same time, you know, you can use people like David who committed adultery and then murder. But yet in Psalms 51, he says, restore unto me the joy of my, of my salvation. Not restore my salvation. He never lost it, but he lost the joy of it. But people will say, well, that's different because David, he was saved, but notice how he came to repentance. He, he was sorry for what he did. People who just go on and aren't sorry, uh, you know, those people clearly, you know, can't be saved. They never really were saved. And, you know, if you don't come to repentance, you know, you never really were saved. You know, and then another crowd says a Christian is capable of anything. And even if they go kill 50 people, they're still going to go to heaven. And boy, that, you know, that'll get you in a lot of trouble right there, too. And, you know, and so it's like, how do you answer that? Because you're going to make somebody mad. If you tell them, obviously, if you tell somebody, well, they lost their salvation, you've lost the crowd that believes the Bible real quick. If you say you believe they can go kill 50 people and still go to heaven, you know, you've made. You know, now the crowd that doesn't believe the Bible and maybe doesn't like Christianity, you know, you're just a group of people, you're just as bad as everybody else, and you just use Christianity as a license to sin. You think just because you said a prayer that you now go do whatever you want and still go to heaven. And we're obviously not trying to say that, are we? Okay? But yet, many times though, we do see people that do terrible things that, you know, we believe we're saved. And, you know, it's hard to tell. You know, and especially if that person ends up getting killed or dying, you're always wondering, you know, are they, are they in heaven? Or maybe even somebody right now in your own life, somebody who maybe made a profession when they were younger and they're just living a wicked life right now, you know, you wonder, are they saved? 
Because you're looking at all that they're doing and thinking there's no way they can be saved. You know, and how do we answer this biblically? You know, where do we find peace in this thing? And what do we do about some of the verses that kind of sound like you can lose your salvation? Okay. Now I'll admit that I, I mean, I believe you cannot lose your salvation, but I'll admit too there are some verses that on the surface you look at it and you're like, whoa, wait a minute, and you kind of struggle with them sometimes. And Romans chapter 8 is where we're going to go this morning. Romans chapter 8. And maybe I shouldn't do this, but I want to. All right? and I, Sometimes when I do this, it doesn't work out too good. But I'm going to read this. We're going to be reading some verses. I'm going to throw in some commentary in there. And I might scare you a little bit, okay? You know, some of the things I might say as far as what we're reading and the way I might interpret it isn't necessarily what I really believe, okay? But at the same time, when you look at some of these verses, I can see where people get some of the ideas that they get. And then hopefully after maybe I've confused you a little bit, I can show you how you how we can clear this all up and interpret the scripture correctly the way God intended. So verse 1 of chapter 8, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And I want to ask you this morning, you know, are you in that crowd that's walking after the Spirit or are you walking after the flesh? And, if you, and many times, if I was, if the way people would interpret this is, okay, so if you're walking after the flesh, that means you're lost. If you're walking after the Spirit, it means you're saved. Okay, And if you're saved, you're, you know, you're walking after the Spirit. Or if you're saved, you can, you know, can you do both? Can you be saved and sometimes still walk in the flesh? Okay, and, and of course, many people believe that you can, as a saved person, walk in the flesh. And I believe, even if you're saved, you can you can get in the flesh for sure. But let's look at a few more verses. This kind of makes it kind of scary, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So wait a minute. If you're saved, you're in the Spirit, you're walking in the Spirit, you can't be of the flesh. It kind of looks like a person here in this verse who is saved cannot be in the flesh. So, what's our excuse now for when we sin? And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Hey, is anybody's flesh in here dead? Alright? Or y'all I can tell by looking at most of you fight the flesh, don't you? So wait a minute. Are we not saved in here? Are are we all lost people in here? Well, let's keep But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. My my body's been quickened yet. I still want to sin. 
Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. So if we're walking in the flesh, are we not the sons of God? Are we lost? Are we? Did we just find out that none of us in here are even going to heaven today? Uh, hopefully I'm not making you all think you lost your salvation. But anyway, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. And I'm going to stop reading right there. And you know, I almost think I'm going to need to go back and read this whole chapter again after we clear this up, because I can tell some of y'all are thinking we need to get saved right now after reading some of this. But uh, it, there are some things in here. When you look at some of these verses, I can see where people get some of the ideas that they get. Okay, but I'm definitely not ready to accept any of that teaching. Okay, I'm not even close. You know, but how do we, you know, make this fit? You know what I'm saying? We don't ever need to make the Bible fit. We just need to make what we believe fit with what the Bible says. And I believe there is some harmony that we can see here in a little bit, and hopefully we'll clear this all. Uh, we'll be able to clear this all up for you. But um, go to Romans chapter seven. Go to Romans chapter seven and verse fourteen, because it's very clear here. That, you know, it seems like if you're saved, we should kind of have this thing under control. We should be okay. But then, notice in Romans chapter 7, verse 14, you might get a little bit of comfort here. It says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. Now, this is the Apostle Paul talking here. How many thinks the Apostle Paul was saved when he wrote this? Okay? Yeah, he was saved, okay? We know he got saved. He was saved when he wrote this, but he said, I am carnal, sold under sin. And then he goes on and he re- there's that familiar passage where you got to get tongue-tied in there when he's like, you know, the things that I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. You know, I've got this law that's in, you know, this, there's this conflict in me, you know, and when I do good, evil is present with me. You know, and then verse 24, he says, oh wretched man that I am. Okay? So it's very clear here that the Apostle Paul Struggled with sin too, didn't he? The Apostle Paul struggled with the flesh, but yet we see in here, in Romans 8, there are verses that make it look like someone who is saved, someone who is the sons of God, is going to be walking in the Spirit. All the, you know, and when you're walking in the flesh, it looks like you're lost. So, what's going on here? Let's go, and so let's go over to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, and I'm probably going to confuse you a little more with this passage. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses in sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So wait a minute. How many of you, okay, it says, You hath he quickened. How many of you 
when you got saved, we're doing just fine physically. Okay? Did any, have any, did any of you get saved on your deathbed and after you got saved, you're just doing fine physically after that? No. It's not talking about the body here, is it? It's talking about the Spirit. Okay? He raised up the Spirit. Alright, and then verse 3, "...among whom we also all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others." But God, who is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved. So, how many of you, after you got saved, had this bodily transformation take place where you didn't want to sin anymore? I mean, you just had victory. I mean, you got over all your addictions. You didn't, you know, you, maybe you had a, you know, a anger problem before and your anger problem, it was just gone. Okay. Have you ever have you ever heard those guys? They get up and preach and oh, you know, bless God! I know I got saved because I used to I used to be a drunk. I used to be this. I used to be that. Oh, but now I'm a preacher. Now I go to church. You know, now I'm serving God, and I, so I know I'm saved. You ever heard that before? And it's like, and then you got all these people out there in the crowd. They're like, I'm still struggling with some of that stuff. I'm still having a lot of problems in this flesh. And here's this guy. He just got up there and. He's told me all these things of the flesh that he just overcame and doesn't have any trouble. I mean, I never wanted to smoke another cigarette after I got saved. I just quit cold turkey. I gave it up. I never cussed again. I never watched a bad movie. And you're like, I'm still fighting some of that stuff. And then you got young people sometimes that grew up in church, maybe got saved at a young age. They're being tempted towards all that stuff. And they hear that and I'm like, am I even saved? I mean, boy, this guy talks like he never wanted to do that again, and I still want to do that kind of thing. And I got saved a long time ago, and I never was into that stuff. What is going on here? And there can be a lot of confusion, and we could we could go back and forth all day, you know, just kind of arguing about some of the technicalities of these things. And but I believe the thing that we need to understand, and the way to, I guess, get this in our head, how it's supposed to work. And the way we can understand Romans 8 and what it's talking about is we've just got to understand that when a person gets saved, okay? I mean, how do you get saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. It's pretty simple. I said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not whosoever fixes up their life and gets rid of all their sins shall be saved. So whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay? And then... So you've got the one crowd says, okay, so when you're saved, now, I mean, boy, you know, there, there's a change. That's, it's got to happen. If it doesn't happen, you didn't get saved. I mean, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You know, the things you used to do, you won't do them anymore. And, and, and you know what? And sometimes when people get saved, man, it, it, they change real quick. But some people don't. I mean, there's people all over sitting in churches just as backslidden as all get out. I mean, you know, a lot of times you can get a person to get saved. I mean, after they've been a Christian for a month, they're doing better than a lot of Christians that have been saved for years. And, and it, you know, it's kind of frustrating sometimes. But here's what we need to understand. When a person believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, their spirit immediately gets saved. Their spirit gets saved, but the flesh does not get saved. The flesh does not get saved until the rapture. See, when we talk about people today, 
we're usually talking about their flesh, aren't we? We're talking about their flesh, not their spirit. And when a person gets saved, there is no condemnation of their spirit. Okay, go to uh, John chapter 3. John chapter 3, a very well known passage of Scripture. John chapter 3. In verse 5, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. He wanted to know how you know, he could go to heaven or enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. In Ephesians 2, when we read, You hath he quickened, he was talking about the Spirit, wasn't he? We were dead in our trespasses and sin. Okay? That's why, you know, people look at that and think, you know, you were dead. You know, how can you do anything when you're dead? You've got the Calvinist crowd out there, and I know I said I wasn't going to name names, but I, I have a special, uh, conflict with that group, I guess. But, you know, they got so, you know, you're dead. Therefore, you know, you can't get saved. You can't call on the Lord. He just comes along and automatically saves you. You know, how can you call on him when you're dead? Well, your spirit's physically dead. or your it's talking about your spirit, but you know, I'm still alive. You know, my body is alive. That's why it wants to sin so much. And if I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and I call on him for salvation, he will resurrect my spirit. He will he will it resurrects the spirit. And it's the Spirit that immediately gets saved. If you're saved today, your Spirit right now is saved, but your body isn't. That's why you still struggle with sin. And then so he said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Okay, And so your flesh is still your flesh. Okay, The Tommy McMurtry that got saved at five years old... I still had the exact same flesh that I did before I got saved. And the same thing goes for all of you. You still have that same flesh. But then in verse 18, go jump to verse 18 of John chapter 3. It says, He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth, uh, he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. So, we see here that if you are saved, okay, if you're not condemned, very clearly, you are not condemned. If you're lost, you're already condemned. Yet, all lost people aren't physically dead, are they? They seem to be doing just fine. I mean, they're doing just fine as far as health goes, but their spirit's already condemned. It's dead as a doornail. But if you're saved today, your spirit is now alive and well, and it cannot be condemned. It cannot be. It cannot suffer punishment. It cannot go to hell. You cannot lose that gift of salvation. You cannot lose that life that God gave. But when a person is saved, there can still be condemnation in the flesh. Okay, go to Romans chapter eight, verse one, and then we're going to jump over to First Corinthians chapter five. But very first verse we read says, "There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit." If you're walking in the spirit, there's no condemnation for your spirit. 
But anything you do in the flesh, there can be condemnation for. Okay, in condemnation, it can be it can be a bunch of things. It can be death. It can just be punishment. For example, even if you're saved today, if you go out and you break the law and you steal something, okay, you're going to be condemned to you know 20 years behind bars or whatever. Okay, but are they? Is that judge able to condemn you to hell? No, because your spirit's saved. But your flesh can still be condemned, and God can condemn your flesh too. Look at First Corinthians chapter five, verse one. It says it is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. There was a man in the church that had married his father's wife, probably his stepmother, or was with his father's wife. And are ye puffed up? And have ye not rather mourned that he that hath done this deed might be taken away from among you? Saying, you need to get this guy out of the church. For verily, as absent in the body, but present in spirit, have judged already as though I were present concerning him that hath so done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together, and my spirit with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the Spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. See, Paul was saying, you need to get this guy out of your church and basically let Satan have his flesh. Turn him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. You know why? He was condemned in the flesh because what he was doing was wicked, but this was a saved man and knows the Spirit was still going to be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. This guy was still going to go to heaven, but this man, unless he repented of his deed, he needed to be cast out of the church. He needed to be turned over to Satan and just let Satan have his way with him and destroy his life. And that happens to many people who I believe are saved. They get out of the will of God. They get backslidden on God. They get out of church. And you'll just see their life fall apart physically. They will get destroyed physically. They may be killed, but yet their spirit is still saved. It, but it's the flat their flesh wasn't saved. It never was saved. And neither is your flesh today. Your flesh is not saved. That's why we struggle with sin. Hebrews chapter twelve, verse six, and there's some strong language in here, but this is the Bible, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Now wait a minute. Why would the Lord punish us for sin? Didn't Jesus pay for our sins on the cross? I mean, didn't He wash our sins away? And He took His punishment for us. So why would the Lord chasten me here on earth for sins that Jesus already paid for? I mean, He washed my sins away. I mean, He made me white as snow. So why is God punishing me on earth right now? And I'll tell you why. It's because when you got saved, He saved your soul. He saved your spirit. But your flesh is still lost. And the Lord loves you, and so He's going to chasten you. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom his father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. God's going to punish His children, but He does it in the flesh, doesn't He? He doesn't do it when we're in heaven. He doesn't do it to our spirit. He punishes us physically. If I go and I start doing all kinds of horrible stuff and I'm running the name of God through the mud as one of His children, He is going to punish my flesh. I mean, He just might have to take me out. He might have to let me die or maybe go through some horrible accident where my flesh gets destroyed or my flesh gets hurt very bad, but my spirit 
will still be intact. This punishment, it's physical punishment on the flesh, not on the Spirit. My Spirit is saved. My Spirit is clean. It's whole. Jesus Christ paid for those things and there is no punishment that my soul will receive. There's no eternal punishment on my spirit. And the spiritual part of me that was raised by God cannot sin. But my flesh can. Okay? What God, what Christ revived inside of you cannot sin, but your flesh certainly can. 1 John 5.16 If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. But we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself that the wicked one toucheth him not. So wait a minute. He that is born of God sinneth not. Okay, and I'm not even going to ask how many of you have sinned since you got saved. I'm not even going to ask how many of you sinned today. Okay, I'm not even going to ask how many of you have sinned since I started preaching this message. Okay, because your flesh always wants to sin. Your flesh is just flat out wicked. And it mentions here if you see a sin, your brother, sin a sin. If you see your brother, sin a sin. So obviously it's possible for a Christian to sin, isn't it? Right before he tells us that. You know, he that is born, he that is born of God. Well, what is born of God? That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. We were born of God in the Spirit, but I wasn't born of the flesh of God. I was born of the flesh of Tom and Paula McMurtry. Okay? And my flesh still sins because I was born of them, and my mom and dad were sinners. And their parents were sinners. And I was being born of them, you're going to sin. But that which is born of God sinneth not. And what's born of God? Our spirit. Our soul. That's born of God. And when the Bible talks about them not sinning, what's inside of you, what Christ does in your life, there's not going to be any sin there. But what you do in the flesh, there's going to be plenty of sin that goes on. And I'm not making an excuse for it. Not by far. And you'll, you'll see that here in a little bit. But... That spiritual part that was raised, it cannot sin. But there is, a, you know, it says there is a sin that is unto death. There are some things that even a Christian can do that they should die for. Okay, in the Bible we see things that are supposed to be punished by death. If I go out and murder somebody, I should be put to death. I should physically be condemned. My flesh should be finished. Okay, but my spirit. It can't be. It's born of God. My spirit didn't do it. When I sin, it's not the Spirit of God that makes me sin. The Spirit of God does everything it can to stop me from sinning. He convicts me of my sin. He tries to keep me from those things, but sometimes I allow my flesh to get in the way. And I allow my flesh to have the victory. And you can let your flesh have the victory to the point where you should die. And it says there's a sin unto death. I'm not saying you should pray for that. And if if one of you all go out and you kill a bunch of people and they come to haul you off to prison and they decide they're going to put you to death, I'm not going to go protest at your execution and say, hey, he's a Christian. There is no condemnation for a Christian. You should just let him go. No, your flesh needs to go. But your spirit is still saved. God didn't save your flesh. 
He saved your spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, whether it shall be revealed, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved. Yet so is by fire. There's a lot of thing, a lot of our works that we do probably more than we think when we stand before God they're going to be burned up. There's going to be nothing left. There's going to be many people when they stand before God. They're going to have they're going to have no works they've done. They're going to have no rewards. They're not going to have any of that gold, silver, or precious stones. But they will be there. They will be saved. Their spirit will still be there. But the works they've done, and that's what we talk about. Can that person really be saved? Well, we're talking about them in the flesh. We're talking about their works of the flesh that they're doing. And you know what? None of what I see in here today is saved. You all still have sinful flesh. Now, your works, some of those works that you all do, some of them are probably of God. But I won't know that until you stand before God and the day declares it. Because it's going to be tried. Some of what you all do that is good, that I see as good, it might just be for show. I can't tell. You might just be putting on a front trying to impress people. I don't know for sure, but someday the day will declare it. And you know what? Maybe some of you in here, I mean, you're as total phonies. You're total hypocrites. I mean, any of us, we would think that, you know, this person is right with God, got a close walk with God, but you're just, you're just, you're a phony. You're a fake. And we're not going to know until you stand before God. And if you're saved, okay, and even if you've been a hypocrite this whole time and just kind of play acting like you're this good Christian, your spirit's still going to be okay. You're still going to be there in heaven. But you're just not going to have any rewards from God. And so, but the spirit will be saved. Yet so as by fire. And then first Corinthians or um, then verse uh, sixteen. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Do you see that right there? I mean, here he talks about us being saved yet so as by fire. I mean, we'll still remain. But that temple, God may have to destroy it. And that's why I don't like it when people try to say that I believe, you know, this is just license to sin. Okay? You know, because you, just because I believe that a person can't lose their salvation, I think they can just get saved and go do whatever they want and still go to heaven. Let me tell you something. You can be saved, yeah, you can't lose your salvation, but let me tell you something, the destruction of the flesh is not fun. Okay, the destruction of the flesh is serious. I mean, God can, He can make you miserable. I mean, you can have a horrible life. There are some horrible physical things that you can go through. There is some horrible suffering that goes on in this world. Why would I tell you it's licensed to do that? I mean, do you really want to live you know a life in horrible misery and pain and just in heartache and to see, you know, you know, your family fall apart and to see and to lose everything. I mean, it's terrible what can happen to our flesh on this earth. I mean, just look at the suffering that goes on in this world in the flesh, and I believe by some people who are even saved. Their flesh is suffering. Why? Because they keep giving the flesh victory in their life. They're still saved, though. 
But I'm going to tell you right now, if, if you think that, you know, license to sin, you, you, they call it, you know, you can be saved, go murder a bunch of people. That's it. You know, if you think an execution is license to sin, well, go ahead. I don't want to get executed. You know, prison time, you know, just some of the horrible things that can happen to us physically, mentally, emotionally. I mean, do you really think that's God giving us license to sin? Sounds like He's trying to keep us from sinning, doesn't it? Sounds like He's trying to stop us. I mean, if you think chastening is God giving us license to sin, I've told my kids before, you know, they've asked if they can do something. I was like, yeah, fine. yeah, you can do that. But if you do that, this is what's going to happen to you. <laughs> I'm giving them a license, I guess you could say, but most of the time they're like, uh, I'd rather not do that. <laughs> because it's not license to sin. What can be done to the flesh is not pretty. And so, just because I believe you're, somebody's going to go to heaven doesn't mean I believe God's given them license to sin. Okay? And I, I've, had, I've had the kids before. They've, they've kind of, I've seen them think about it. Hmm, that punishment doesn't sound too bad. You know, it, you know, I've seen him think about it, but I'm telling you, with God, you don't, you don't want to do that. You don't want to mess with Him. So, you know, God can destroy this temple, and eventually, eventually, all my sins going to catch up with me, and my flesh, it's going to receive the greatest condemnation there is, called death. Eventually, my flesh is going to die, physical death. See, but my spirit, it's been raised by God, because my spirit's been raised by God. Someday. My flesh will be saved too. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Okay, our vile body. Okay, and so these guys that want to talk about, oh, you know, I used to do this, and then I got saved. And I, it's like they're talking about how glorious their body is now. Oh, I've gotten total victory over all these things. No, your body's still vile. Okay, even the apostle Paul said, "Oh, wretched man that I am." Okay, but the, your body will remain vile. Your righteousness will still be filthy rags that your flesh does until Jesus Christ returns. And changes our vile body. Romans thirteen eight says, "O no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. And that knowing the time that it is high time." To awake out of our sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Now our salvation is near. What, we don't have it yet? Well, not physically. Because sometimes we still break some of those commandments. But when we believed, our spirit was saved. And because your spirit was saved, one day your body will be saved too. Verse 12, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the work of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and in drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. Don't do that fleshly stuff. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. We've got to do whatever we can to keep the flesh out of the way, to get victory over this flesh. The day is coming where we're, our salvation is going to be completed in the physical sense. Physically, we will be saved. And how's that going to happen? Well, 1 Corinthians 15.51. I get excited every time I read this verse. 
Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Right now, there's many saved people that you know that the grave still has victory over them. Their sinful carcasses are rotting in the ground right now. I mean, they are rotting there. They're decaying. They're turning to dust because their flesh is sinful. It never got saved. But their spirit if their spirit had been saved, One of these days, when Christ returns, He's going to call them up out of the grave. He's going to change their body. They're going to resurrect from the dead. And physically, they will be saved. And they will have a changed body that will never sin again. Your flesh, you will be saved. You won't even want to sin. You won't be able to sin. But that doesn't happen until the rapture. You're still corruptible. You are still mortal. There are no immortals in here. There are no incorruptibles in here. Every one of us are capable of sin. Why? Because we have this flesh. Our flesh has not been saved. If you're saved today, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're on your way to heaven. Your spirit is. Your soul is. The devil can't get it. It cannot be taken from God. It cannot be plucked out of the Father's hand. But you... Okay, your flesh though, is going to get in plenty of trouble if you're not careful. If you don't avoid sin and do all you can to stay away from it, get victory of it, your flesh will get in plenty of trouble. And so when we go, and we're not going to take time to do it, but if you go back and you read Romans chapter 8, understand that that spirit, it doesn't sin. The spirit is saved. And a lot of what it's talking about there is the flesh. And if you continue reading all of it, it's very clear that all of that hasn't happened yet. Some of it is referring to future things that happens when Christ returns. He's going to change our body. And we're not going to sin anymore. And so then, you know, the final question, you know, is like, well, where is the proof of our salvation then? How do we know that we're saved? How do we know that someone else is saved? You know, how, how can we know that? Well, I can tell you right now the answer is not in our works. The answer is not because you gave up your, you know, you gave this up and you gave that up and you started going to church and you started tithing and you started doing. It's not because you did all that. That's not proof that you're saved. You know what the Bible says the proof of our salvation is? In Romans 5 8 says, But God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, much more than being now justified by his blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. That's the proof of my salvation. It's in the blood of Jesus Christ. He saved my soul. He cleansed my soul from sin. And it's saved. It cannot... I mean, my soul could not go to hell if it wanted to. But my flesh, it could go to prison if it wanted to. My flesh could suffer and die and be miserable if I let it. Because it's not saved yet. But my spirit is saved. And so understand, when when we look at other people... Okay? And I know we've got to be careful you know, judging other people and who's saved and who's not saved. But you know, if it's a loved one, you can't help but wonder sometimes. But just understand, when we look at other people, we're looking at them in the flesh. You know, we're looking at Brother Renee in the flesh. And he can yield his members' service to unrighteousness. 
Now, if he does, and he's, his body is the temple of God, God's not going to let that go. We do see where God says, you know, if, if you're one of his, he's going to chasten you. And there will be condemnation in his flesh. He will suffer in the flesh. But the Spirit is saved. And many of these people we look at, we see the horrible things they did. We're like, there's no way they could have been saved. You know, and that person died this horrible death. It looked like they got condemned in the flesh to me. You know, the Spirit, we can't see. Your flesh isn't saved. I hope you're getting victory over your flesh today. You can have victory over your flesh, but you're, you're never, you're never going to get victory to the point that it doesn't fight anymore. It's always going to be a fight. There's always going to be that war. There's always going to be that enmity. And so we've just got to understand that right now, when you got saved, it was just your spirit that got saved. And now you need to learn to walk in the Spirit so you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. You've got to stay close to God. Don't let, the, don't let your flesh have victory. Don't let your flesh make the decisions for everything you do. It'll, it's going to get you in trouble. It will get you punishment. It will get you condemnation. Oh, I don't believe that God would have let anything happen to His children. I mean, His blood cleanses from all our sin. Yeah, it cleansed our soul, but our flesh is not cleansed yet. And it will be, it will be someday. It, when we see Him, we will be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. But we're not there yet, folks. And so, hopefully this doesn't make you feel like, okay, good, I'm safe. Alright, I've been thinking about killing somebody, but you know, I've been afraid I'll lose my salvation. Uh, hey, you can do that. You're going to get some condemnation in the flesh, and it's not going to be pretty. You will be sorry. And so, I hope this was a help to you. I hope I did, you know, maybe after that confusion brought you back. And so, I wish we had time to kind of go back over that again with this in mind. But uh, I hope you will uh, learn to walk in the Spirit so you don't fulfill the loss of the flesh. So, with that, let's all stand together.